Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Dearly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Lord, that we can be in your house and worship you freely today. Lord, I pray that as we open your word, God, uh, that we see your incredible power, Lord, that the story and, Lord, the account that we read today might be so real in our life. Lord, we'll give you the praise and glory in Christ's name. Amen. A man named Salvador Alvaringa, he was a fisherman. Him and his crewmate were fishing off of the coast of Mexico. And a storm came up, a very bad storm. And they didn't have a very large ship. But he was a very experienced fisherman and he knew what to do. He knew that he needed to guide the ship to shore. So he began to fight the storm and guide the ship safely to shore. As he got closer to shore, they could see the land in the distance. And the storm was starting to subside. But the problem was the engine on the ship was failing them and would soon go out. Salvador radioed for help. He, he radioed the shore and he said, we need help. Our engine's dying. We can see the land, but we're not going to be able to make it. And on shore, the rescuers, uh, they said, what we want you to do is drop your anchor and stay put. And we'll come and rescue you. So Salvador and his crewmate, they went all through the ship and they realized that they had forgot their anchor. There's no anchor on board. The engine died and the ship began to drift aimlessly further and further out to the ocean. So far that the rescuers couldn't even find their location anymore. Days would go by and then weeks would go by. Weeks would turn into months now, the one good thing was they did have a, a good amount of water on board. They were a fishing vessel, so they could fish for food. But as the months continued to go on, they started to run out of supplies. Salvador's crewmate was in bad condition and eventually would die. But Salvador drifted on. Fourteen months later, on the other side of the ocean, some 6,700 miles away, Salvador was rescued and could tell his story. 6,700 miles. Now, if you think about that, if you drove from New York City to Los Angeles, back to New York, and then down to Miami, that's how far he drifted in those 14 months. All because they didn't have an anchor that could anchor them to something secure and save their life. You know, in life, a lot of people don't have anchors in life. They don't have anything that they can secure themselves with when the storms of life come. An anchor does just that. It secures us to something safe. Like, like the boat that they were in, that anchor could have secured them to the ocean floor and they would have been rescued within hours. If we're rock climbing, a, an anchor secures us to solid rock so that we don't fall. Anchors secure us to something safe. In Acts chapter 27, uh, we see an account of the Apostle Paul. 
And we see two anchors in the text today, one of them being a physical anchor, one of them being a spiritual anchor. Now, Paul's being taken to Rome. Paul's a prisoner. He's going to spend a couple years in Rome on house arrest. He's being taken there on a boat with other prisoners and guards. And they're going across the Adriatic Sea. That's the sea between Italy and the Balkan Peninsula, if you know where Croatia and Bosnia, Greece is to the south. He's being taken across that sea to get to Rome. And in Acts 27, in verses 27 to 29, it reads, And when the fourteenth night was come, as they were driven up and down the Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. They, they, they kind of surmised that we're getting close to land. And so they started measuring to see how deep the water was. It says, and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again. They measured it again and found it 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. So the Men on the ship were feeling we're getting close to land. We better measure to see how deep the water is. And it was night, so they were afraid of what might be in front of them. They were afraid that there would be a rocky coastline, and if they kept going, they would smash into the rocks. So they made the decision, we'll drop the anchors for tonight because we can't see the dangers that are ahead of us. We'll drop the anchors, and we'll wait for day. We'll wait for the light so that we can see what dangers are ahead of us. Now, you know, the Bible gives many uh, names and descriptions of Jesus. In the book of Luke, uh, many times Christ is called the Son of Man. Uh, throughout the New Testament, he's called the Bread of Life. He's called the Messiah. But one of the descriptions of Christ is the light of the world. In John chapter 8, verse 12... It reads, Then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, in the darkness, you can't see what's in front of you. When you're in a, a pitch black room, uh, what do you do? You, you look for the wall, don't you? If I can find the wall, I have something to anchor to. I, I know that uh, I'm going to be safe. I'm not going to fall over something. So we immediately look to anchor ourselves to something in the darkness. When you're going through the darkness of life, anchor yourself until the light comes. Anchor yourself until Jesus comes to help you. Anchor yourself to him in the darkness of light, life. In verse 30, it continues, it says, And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as, they, as though they had cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said unto the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you can't be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. So the, the people of the ship were getting a little nervous here. And they said, you know what, we're just going to take the lifeboats and we're going to get out of here. And so they started to lower them down. And, and Paul says to the centurion, the guy who is supposed to be in charge, he says, wait a second. If they flee the ship and they run away, then we're all in trouble. We're all in trouble. They're, they're not going to be saved from this. 
And the centurion listened to Paul. You see, Paul spoke with authority, and people listened. Paul was a prisoner, but he was actually calling the shots. He was telling the centurion what to do. Don't let these guys go. And what happened? The centurion listened to him. He, he cut the ropes and let the lifeboats go, and everybody stayed on board, just as Paul had told them to do. You know, when you're where you need to be spiritually, it's amazing. You can be a prisoner and still be calling the shots because God has favor upon you. And why was Paul able to do that? Because Paul knew who he was anchored to. Paul could speak with incredible confidence because he knew that he was anchored to the solid rock. He knew he was anchored to Jesus Christ. We can speak with confidence too in our life when we're anchored to Christ. You know, you have to have complete confidence in your anchor. If you're on a boat, you have to make sure that your anchor is the, the right size, the right type of anchor for the environment that you're in. You have to have confidence in that anchor. Uh, Paul had confidence. It says that Paul didn't think or hope that this was the right thing to do. Paul knew this was the right thing to do. Paul understood that this was what we had to do because God had told Paul what needed to be done. And Paul had such confidence in God that he knew that this was what needed to happen. When we know that God's working in our life, we need to have that same confidence. We need to show that same confidence to others. You know, a lot of people in life, they're, they're very confident until they get tested. You know, we've seen that, haven't we? People are really confident. And all of a sudden, a, a trial or something comes in their life, and, and they're not anchored to anything solid, and they literally just fall apart. See, Paul, Paul was tested in his life. Paul went on, if you read the book of Acts, here we're near the end of the book of Acts. If you read through the book of Acts and all the things that happened to Paul in his life, it was incredible. Paul had to flee out of cities in the middle of the night, people trying to kill him. He's going all over the place. He's being shipwrecked. He's being put in jail. All of these things. Paul was tested his whole life. And so Paul just looked at this and said, this is just another test. It's another test and it's another way for God to get the glory. I just have to show my confidence in him. You see, Paul was anchored to something to where he could speak with faith. He could speak with confidence. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, it tells us of the confidence that you and I can have. It says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. We know that we have access to God the Father because of Jesus Christ. We can have boldness. We can have confidence to know because of what Jesus did on the cross that we have access to God through Jesus Christ. And as Christians, we can speak with authority on what God has done. You know, when we have confidence like that, not confidence in, in, in ourselves, there's a difference. When we have confidence in God, it shows others our faith. It points that light from, from us that we're doing it. It points that light onto God, showing that he's doing it. 
That, oh, you know, I'm going through this test in my life, and it's been so difficult and so hard, but I know that I'm going to make it through. I know I have confidence I'm going to make it through. And someone says, well, how do you have confidence? And I say, because of Jesus Christ, because of what he has done. Because of all the times in my life that I've been tested and he brings me through. Can't you hear Paul saying that? Paul saying, oh, I've been tested so many times as he says it to the centurion over and over again. And I know that God's going to bring us through this. You just have to have faith. You just have to believe. See, when we're anchored to Christ, you're anchored to solid ground. You'd be crazy if you were climbing a mountain and you anchored yourself to some shale rock or something loose that would just tear off. You'd say, well, that's crazy. Nobody would do that. But yet in people's lives, everyday people anchor themselves to things that aren't solid. People anchor themselves to, to people that aren't dependable or solid. People anchor themselves to substances People anchor themselves to desires. People anchor themselves to all of these things that are not solid ground. Those anchors will break off. And you'll fall into situations that you never thought you'd be in. Paul tells the 276 people on board that not one hair on your head will be harmed. Now, imagine for a moment and get a picture of what's going on here. Uh, these people are prisoners, they're guards, probably have never heard of Christ until Paul came along. And, and they're anxious, they're nervous after everything going. I mean, it's a storm, it's in the middle of night. The guards are thinking the prisoners might escape, the prisoners are thinking they're going to die. All of these things are going on. But then you have Paul. As relaxed as can be and telling them nobody's going to be harmed. In fact, in the, in, the, uh, in the next verses, Paul even tells them, he says, you know, you guys really need to eat. You guys need to relax. You know, just relax. Everything's going to be fine. Have something to eat. Can you, can you, feel, the, can you feel Paul's faith in that text? Can you feel Paul's confidence to know that everything's going to be okay? That he's just so relaxed about the situation? In verse 39, we continue, it says, And when it was day, they knew not the land. They didn't recognize where they were. But they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves into the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made to shore. And falling into a place where the two seas met, they ran the ship aground. And the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. So they decided uh, the daylight came and they, they saw a path to where they might be able to, to get ashore. And so they cut the anchors and they were at the total mercy of the sea. That must have been quite a ride. And they, they came in and they crashed the ship and because of the sea and everything, the ship started to break apart. I mean, it turned into a disaster. You know, when we cut our anchor loose in our life, we're at the mercy of the unknown. Just as they were at the mercy of the sea, they didn't know where they were going to be taken. They could be taken safely to shore. They could run into the rocks. They had no idea. 
When we cut our anchor loose, we're at literally the mercy of the unknown, the mercy of life, without a direction, without a way to know where to go. You see, the sea is unknown, isn't it? Just as Salvador Alvaringo learned, the sea is unknown. It'll take you all kinds of places, unknown places, scary places. But that's the same with sin. Sin is something that when we cut our anchors loose and, and we're in the, the sea of sin, it can take us to places that we never imagined we could go. It can take us to very scary and unknown places. But when we anchor ourselves to God, something happens. We know that no matter where we go in our life, we have a protector. We have a refuge. We know that God will be with us. Because you see, that anchor, it keeps us from drifting into something that can harm us. Anchors give us stability in the storms of life. You got to trust what you're anchored to. Paul knew that in the storms and in the waves and all the things that were going on in the outside, he knew God was there. He knew God would protect him. Now, Paul would go to Rome and he would be placed under house arrest. And you might say, well, you know, Paul did what he was supposed to do. Paul was being obedient to God. He did everything he was supposed to do. And, and he ends up in house arrest in Rome. You know, it's funny. It's uh, life. Life isn't always smooth sailing, is it? <laughs> Life's not always smooth sailing. But here's the key. In every trial, there's an opportunity. In every trial you face, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to improve. There's an opportunity to possibly change the direction of your life. There's an opportunity and a new door that's open that would never have been there if that trial hadn't come along. There's an opportunity to further the kingdom of God. You know, when Paul was on house arrest in Rome for those two years, he wrote some pretty important books. He wrote Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, Philemon, the prison epistles. He wrote those books, those letters, and sent those out and encouraged so many. Today they encourage so many, those letters that Paul wrote. Paul was able to witness to the guards that were there that were looking after him. In fact, it says in, in one passage that, that the, the people of Caesar's household greet you. In other words, that there were people, there were guards that came to Christ because of Paul's presence there. You imagine having Paul as a house guest. If you weren't saved uh, before, you'd probably be saved afterward. But there were people encouraged. You see, even in that darkness, even in that trial, Paul was used of God. And even in the hardest times of our lives, we know that God has a plan. That God can use us no matter what goes on. Psalms chapter 27 tells us that when we're in these trials, when we're in and the enemy is there, that God protects us. The, it says in Psalms 27, the Lord is the light. There again, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came up to me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. 
He shall set me upon the rock. Isn't it true that even if we're in the camp of the enemy, God is there. Even when we're in the trials, he's there. He's there to protect us. He's there to keep us safe. We see the conclusion of our story in verse 42. It says, now here we, we have the ship. It's ran aground. It's breaking apart. I'm sure people are running around like crazy. It says, and the soldier's counsel was to kill the prisoners. We can't let these people escape. Lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of ship, grab whatever you can. Swim, just grab whatever you can. And so it came to pass that they all escaped safe to land. Remember what Paul said, not a hair on your head will be harmed if you just listen to the instructions that God's telling you. Everyone, all 276, made it to land safely, just as Paul had told them. Because of Paul's confidence, because of Paul's willingness to speak up, because of Paul's faith in telling the centurion what to do, the centurion listened, and all of them made it safe. You know, you got to know where you're anchored to, and you got to know what you're anchored to. When your life depends on something, when your life depends on something, why would you ever take a risk? Why would you ever take an unnecessary chance? You want to anchor yourself to something that's stable, that's safe. When eternity is at stake, why would you ever want to take a chance? of anchoring yourself to anything other than Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know a lot about rock climbing, but uh, I, I've, I've read a few things. And it's kind of interesting. If you're climbing a mountain, you have certain equipment that you use. One of the things that, that you really want to make sure that you're doing is you want to anchor to solid rock. And so mountain climbers, they'll, they'll drill into solid rock. They'll put different types of bolts in there to stabilize them. And then they'll use a variety of things from ropes to, to carabiners. Now, I've got something that's it's not a real carabiner. It's a carabiner, however you pronounce it. It's kind of an oval carabiner, they call them. And this was actually from a home project. I'm not going to be rock climbing anytime soon. So. But it's very similar to what they use. And so this particular device, you would have drilled into the rock. Uh, you would have your ropes. You'd have everything set. And then this would be a connector. You can put different things through there and you just lock it. That's stainless steel. I mean, that's going to hold a lot. You're not going anywhere. So if I'm attached to this and I, my rope's attached to this and I'm in solid ground and I fall, that thing's going to grab and that thing's going to hold me. And it's going to keep me from dying. It's going to keep me from harm. It's going to protect me because it's anchored to something in the rock. It's anchored to the solid rock. Now, let's say I'm going to go mountain climbing, which I won't. But let's say I am. And I take a look and I get all this equipment and they're telling me all these things. And I'm listening to the guy and I say, well, you know, that's, that's, that's great and that. But you know what? I don't. I'm not taking that. I don't need that. I don't need anything 
to secure me to the rock. I'm just going to climb this thing. I'm going to free solo this thing. I can choose to do that. I, I can choose to climb without any safety. I can choose to climb without any anchors. I have free will to decide that. But I can't choose the outcome. I can't choose when I'm 100 feet up that rock what's going to happen. I can't choose if I slip or if a rock breaks away. I, I can't choose what's going to happen as I come crashing down to earth. The same is true of sin. You can choose to sin. You can choose to sin. You can choose to live life however you want to live it. You can choose to make any decision you want. I can choose to sin, but I can't choose the consequences of that sin. I can't choose what's going to happen when I, when I sin. I can't choose the pain that it's going to cause me. I can't choose the pain that it's going to cause others. I can't choose the lives that are going to be affected or destroyed or ended because of my sin and my decision. You can choose to sin, but you can't choose the consequences of that sin. You know, if your boat is not anchored, if it's not anchored to something solid, it's going to drift away aimlessly. If you're not anchored to, to a solid rock, if you're climbing a mountain, then you're going to fall. If your life is not anchored to the solid rock of Jesus Christ, then you're going to fall. You're going to fall into places that you never want to be. A man named Kevin Hines lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. He had struggled early on in his life. He struggled with many physical problems. He struggled with mental problems. At 18 years old, he took a bus to the Golden Gate Bridge. He climbed the rail and he jumped. Some 2,000 people a year, or some 2,000 people total have jumped off that bridge. Only 1% have survived. Only 1%. He said when his hand left the rail, he instantly regretted it. There were four seconds from the time that he jumped into the time he hit the water. And he says, As in those four seconds, I cried out to God for a miracle. Oh, you could hear Kevin crying out to God. He says, God, bring me a miracle. Save me. Help me, God. Help me, Lord. And he hits the water at 75 miles an hour. His body goes 70 feet into the bay, shattering his legs and his feet to the point where as he surfaces, he can't hold himself up above the water. Still praying for a miracle. All of a sudden, he feels something underneath him. And this, this whatever is underneath him is, is lifting him up to the surface. He looks down, and it's a sea lion. A sea lion had came and, and was propping him up and was lifting him up. That sea lion stayed with him. All the way to rescuers came. Kevin said, I prayed for a miracle. God sent me a sea lion. <laughs> you know, today Kevin speaks all over the nation, telling others about what happened to him trying to help others in the same situation that he was in. And you know what he says? He tells people, my life is now anchored to Jesus Christ. You know, when we're anchored to God, 
We're not going to drift away. We're not going to drift into things. We're not going to drift into sin. We're not going to drift into those things that take us in those scary places, in those seas of sin. You know, sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go. A sin will make you pay more than you ever wanted to pay. Sin will take you to places that you never want to be. But God, God will be there in the storms. God will anchor you to something secure. He'll anchor you to him. And God will give you peace in the toughest times of life as long as you remain anchored to him. Let's pray. Dear only Father, God, just as Kevin Hines in our story today, Lord, Lord, you created a miracle in his life, God. You saved his life. And Lord, today he knows who he's anchored to. He wasn't anchored to you before, but God, he knows now who his faith is in. He knows now, he knows now who his salvation is in. He knows that he's anchored to the solid rock. Lord, if there's someone here today that would say, I'm not anchored to that solid rock, I, I anchor myself to all these other things in the world, but I'm not anchored to something solid. And I don't know what would happen if, if I fell. And I don't know what happened if today was the final day of my life. I, I don't know where I would spend eternity. Lord, you tell us in our word that, Lord, salvation is through you. That it's confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that you are God. And Lord, you'll save us. Lord, as we open this time of invitation, God, if there's someone here, I pray, Lord, that they would step forward and accept you today as their Lord and Savior. In your precious name, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins. 
and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.